Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, and we are here with, I guess, part two of our end game. It's the episodes. End, end game. We're in the end game. We're in the end game. Of our end game. Um, this is we're sitting here same night as we recorded the last podcast. So David, I have to imagine that you are still as tired as you were as before, if not more, because we're getting into spoilers now. Listen, not only has it been physically and you know little lack of sleep this weekend, yeah, but it's also been like an emotional roller coaster between. Oh my god. Game of Thrones and Infinity War. And Infinity I mean, it's War. Just, it, it's, it's taken its toll. And before we even get into the toll that has been taken, I have to say it again. This We're going to spoil everything about Infinity War. We're going to spoil everything. So if you haven't seen, not, not Infinity War, but Endgame. So if you haven't seen Endgame, turn this podcast off. Don't get mad at me if you listen to this and you hear spoilers, all right? Because that's the last warning I'm going to give. Because Iron Man dies in this movie. See, I told you to turn it off. Captain America turns old at the end. Say, can, just, all I gotta say is earmuffs. Black Widow's dead. Vision still dead. Gamora. We'll get to that. But anyways, man, it's time for us to talk about spoilers. Um, man, it's I, I don't even know where to start. You know, because I don't want to start with time travel. Um, because we need to ease into that. We got to ease into that. So let's talk about some surprises. All right. Let's talk about some surprises. I think to me, especially considering the marketing of the film. And I don't know why I was surprised because these movies are really good at doing this, but I was, I was surprised at how funny this movie is. This movie takes a couple of big fucking swings with some of its core characters, particularly in, I know, one of your favorite characters, now your most favorite character, Thor and Hulk. They're like unlike anything we'd ever seen before, and yet they still manage to work. So as um, basically, uh, without going and walking through this entire film, the movie starts with Hawkeye and his family and seeing his family get dusted and then it jumps to minutes after infinity war days maybe after infinity war people have been snapped captain marvel's there they save tony stark from space and they're like let's go get thanos and they go fucking kill him they go cut his head off right then it jumps to five years later and one of the major two of the major things that have happened there is Bruce Banner has finally managed to find a balance between himself and the Hulk. This is something that was born from the comics. The character of Professor Hulk has existed, where it is essentially Bruce Banner's mind and Hulk's strength. Um, and it's hilarious. It's really good. The effects are really good. But David, Thor is your favorite character. Would you? Why? Why is Thor your favorite character? In this particular... You're not referring to him as his actual name. Uh, Thor Lebowski? Thor Lebowski (laughs) is his name. The dude. Uh, (laughs) It's just so much fun. Like I said, we're used to growing up with heroes that are perfect, you know, in a lot of ways. Like, perfect from a look standpoint, 
Um, maybe not without their flaws if they make some mistakes every once in a while. But sure. overall, for the most part, like, you know, these godlike looking people and that. So it was fun to see them take Thor in a way that <laughs> he's got the beer belly, which here's here's one little nitpick on the film that I, I got to come out with already. Okay. It was like beer belly that they created. Yeah. But there's a couple shots where you see like the side of him uh-huh. and it's still like chiseled abs. <laughs> so it's like you could see the start of like really chiseled abs. Basically what I'm getting at is Chris Hemsworth did not go Christian Bale for this film and put on a bunch of weight no. to be Thor Lebowski. To be fat Thor. And so... <laughs> But I enjoyed where they took him as a character. We've we've known from the beginning Thor has emotional issues, like for yes. being a god. He's got daddy issues, he's got, he's brother, got, mom, issues, he's got brother issues, mommy issues. All of his like, family's he's been got killed. family issues in general. Right. We not that long ago he had his entire planet basically destroyed. Yep. And the majority of the people that survived that were killed by Thanos on their ship. Yep. So and then he didn't kill Thanos. He could have killed him. He should have And then he the had head. a shot. He didn't get the head. Otherwise, he could have prevented all this stuff. So he's carrying a lot of weight. And sure. the Thor stories, we've talked about this before, are almost Shakespearean um, in the way that they carry themselves and sure. they tell their stories until we got to Ragnarok. And so to see this character that in the beginning was... You know, he had his funny moments in the original Thor when it was like the fish-out-of-water stuff at in in on earth right but outside of that he was still very like composed and you know like godly and all that almost like greek you know type of what we're used to but then they progressed him and and, and what you got in ragnarok was a lot of fun with him and hulk and so to see where he's progressed and then to see him basically like quote unquote broken and like <laughs> drinking at kids on Fortnite, drinking and yelling at f- kids on Fortnite, and part and <laughs> hanging out with Korg and and uh, who's the other guy? Meek. Anyways, Meek. Meek. Yeah. So to to see that uh, was just so much Korg fun, and just having so much fun throughout the story of everything that they did with him, just from like this like lacking confidence, Thor. It almost reminded me of what we got with uh, with Hulk in infinity war sure when like hulk refused to come out and you had like that inner toil between it like you had this thor that like when we last saw him in infinity war was as confident as he's ever been the biggest badass yeah and so to see him go from that to this (laughs) was a lot of fun and and obviously you know i think chris hemsworth even just as an actor has come along so far since we first got introduced to him in this and he's a lot of fun. He's great. And they still, and again, it's all, like you said, it's all based on the character and they never apologize for it. Even at the end at, and he's got his long bushy beard. He's got his long scraggly hair. He's literally dressed like the dude. He's wearing like a hoodie and he's wearing sunglasses and, just walking around with a beer in his hand most of the time. But when it's time to fucking throw down at the end, and I'm going to say a lot of curse words this episode because this movie's amazing. But when it comes to throw down at the end and he calls the lightning, he gets his outfit back on, but he's still fat. That outfit's just bigger. 
Yeah. And it and his his bushy beard he looks like a viking like it's awesome. It's awesome. And I loved how they stuck with that. I think it's really really great. Um I think the other thing that was surprising to me was this is not a very which is funny. It's not a very fighty movie. Like there are not a lot of action scenes it felt like. Well, I mean the first, I would say, well, first 30 minutes is setting everything up. Right. It's emotional. It's basically you coming off of Infin- if half of the world yeah. was snapped. Big old punching right in the gut. You know, you deal with Cap and Black Widow dealing with their emotions and being survivors, basically like mm-hmm. Iron survivor Man syndrome. Iron Man uh, Iron Man stuck up with space, and then when he gets down, being bitter and angry and all of that. Um, Sidebar. Yeah. Bring me back to this. Number one, bring me back. Let me, don't forget where we sure, came from. Sure. Number two, would you agree that, yes, neither side apologized, but Tony's gesture was a larger apology in giving back the shield? I would agree. Okay. I would agree. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're we're meeting up the characters first thirty yeah. minutes. Is so we get that, up. and then I would say the middle portion of this movie is basically a heist movie, right? A time heist, a time heist, which they literally say in the film, sure, which is awesome. Which is where it kicks in with a lot of the stuff that we're familiar with from the Ant Man movies. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, Ant Man being at the center of a, a lot of it, but it's a heist for that that large portion of it. And then, obviously, the finale, the last 45 minutes of the film... Is just... Is just a big battle. Yep. Or at least 30 minutes of that, and then the last 15 minutes is basically saying our goodbyes to people. Right. But you've got 30, 40 minutes of battle royale. Just bad. Just... just, We'll talk about that in a little bit. I mean, fuck it. No, let's talk about it now. The time heisting stuff is not very fighty. You know, it's more like... It's more clever. Well, you know? not many heist movies are very fighty. Exactly, it fits. You it know, fits. it fits with what they're trying to do, um, and the and those greatest hits moments are really really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing seeing War Machine and Nebula like hanging back while Star Lord's dancing around singing to himself, and they're both like, "This guy's a, f- a moron." Yeah. Um, or seeing the Avengers again from different angles. You know, very very Back to the Future two style. Mm-hmm. Um, was really cool, and the little touches they do with Cap, the whole Hail Hydra when they're, I mean, bringing those guys back, the the guys they bring back for two seconds. Well, I thought the cool thing about it was being able to see, you know, one of the reasons that this movie is as good as it is, as an ending to all of this, Mm -hmm. is the retrospection that you get to have throughout the film. So. We literally get to see Hulk from First Avengers compared to Hulk now, <laughs> which is great. Which is one of the funnier moments of this film. Like take- when you see Hulk just being angry and smashing stuff in the Avengers movie because uh-huh. you're watching scenes from the Avengers movie, and then you go to Hulk now, like trying to blend in and act like Hulk and like just uh, not being angry. You know, I'm so angry. I'm or throw this car. When you get cap on cap action, like, oh my god, even, even even cap has to kind of admit, like, man, I was 
a little over the so, top. So I don't know why. I mean, if you've listened to this, you've seen the film. But the part where they're squaring up and and old Cap goes, I could do this all day. And new Cap's just like, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> it was so perfect. It was so funny. Which was, which was particularly satisfying for someone on, on Team Iron Man uh-huh. over here for – Cap to realize how up his own butt he was at times <laughs> Ameri- throughout this hey, franchise. That's America's ass. Thank you very much. Uh, same thing with like the the elevator scene, which is great because the Russos directed that scene yep. in the Winter Soldier, and they bring it back where Cap's standing in the middle of all the Hydra guys. Yep. And he's like, "I'm gonna need to take the scepter," and then he just leans in. He says, "Hail Hydra!" So clever. Yeah. You know, because that pulls from the recent comic books where Cap turned out to be a Hydra guy. Yeah. Um, really, really great. But as you said, this is all heist stuff. Yeah. The end of the film, man. Like, I remember when we were getting ready for Infinity War and they're showing like the Wakandan fight and like this is going to be the biggest ever, you know? Mm-hmm. And every Avengers movie has some form of cannon fodder. Right, mm-hmm. that are being that are being fought, whether it be the Chitari or whether it be the, uh, the Ultron drones or whatever. But I wasn't prepared for, and I know the fucking spoilers. I knew the spoilers. I knew that it's army versus army. I was still, and this is why I don't mind spoilers because it doesn't compare. It doesn't prepare you. For when it is literally Lord of the Rings by way of Marvel. Sure. With all of Thanos and his Black Order and his aliens versus every, every, with the exception of a couple, Avenger, the Wakandans, the Wizards as Guardians. Like, I can't, my head just exploded again thinking about it. How amazing it is. How amazing it was. It's yeah. amazing. And I'll, I'll fight the resistance to go into our time-old spoilers, non-spoilers discussion. But there there really isn't anything that you can compare because we've never had a grouping of this magnitude. Like right. We've had those team-up moments before. We had it in the first Avengers yep. on a smaller scale. When it was just um, six of them. You know, but we've never had... On this scale, an army assemble. We've had armies this size before, but we've never had a group assemble of this size of so many people that you're like, oh, there's that person, there's that person. And you care about every single one of them and are excited to see them there. And you're going to have to see this multiple times because... I didn't like Howard the Duck fought in the Battle of Endgame. Howard the Duck's in this movie. I, I just saw that on Reddit and I, my head exploded again. Yeah. Like, what? Well, and we talked about how I don't remember seeing M'Baku in there. Right. I heard him. Yeah. Because you heard the, the yeah. chant. Yeah. yeah. You heard that. But I don't remember seeing him. Right. But granted, I will say when you're in that battle, it's like. It's tough to keep your eyes like struggle to keep up with that battle at yeah. times. Like there's so many things going on that all you can really focus on is like a little kid soccer game. Like all you can focus <laughs> on is the ball. Like yeah. you don't notice like what's happening off in the corner, which is probably one of the characters that, you know, fighting another character that, you know, sure. 
but you don't see it because you're so focused on where's the glove right and what's happening like what's in the center of my screen i'm not even seeing all the things to the side that are happening like the easter eggs of apparently howard the duck being in there fighting <laughs> yeah. and like other things happening like it's crazy um but it's it was it was really fun and i think that lends to you know as we continue to talk about this why this was such a perfect ending to this franchise very much so um and we'll get we'll get more into specifics about that scene and talk about our favorite moments that scene a little bit but it's probably i mean we might as well because we kind of glossed over it a little bit and went straight to the finale but we might as well talk about time travel because this movie hinges on time travel for the longest time um there were theories that it hinged on time travel some people thought it was going to be tied into the barf technology which was the memory technology that tony uses in iron man 3 no, Civil War. The beginning of Civil War, where he's showing off his memories and you see young Robert Downey Jr. or whatever. And so some people thought it was going to be that. The second that they started talking about time vortexes at the very end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, I was like, okay, they're gonna it's going to be through that somehow. Um, I don't even know how to approach the subject, David. So the idea is that they get the idea five years after the snap that they can use the quantum realm to go jump back in time, form the stones, take them out of time, and undo the snap. So they do not want to travel back in time, and you, the snap is done. And I think that's another important thing to mention is that the snap is done. So they go out of their way to basically say... Right from the start, when it becomes apparent that we're going to have time travel in this film. Basically, when Paul Rudd, when Ant-Man randomly comes back out of... Yep, because a rat steps on the... Uh, you know, that's the kind of thing, like, I'm willing to go with you on that. I'm willing yeah. to go with you when on When he comes movie. out and realizes, for him, it felt like five seconds. Right. Or an hour, but or whatever he a, said. Yeah, because of a fucking mouse that stepped on the right button. But it, was actually, but it was actually five years later. Uh-huh. So... We get him. He realizes he can go back in time, basically. Mm -hmm. So they start talking about time travel and, and how it works. And I think Nebula is the one that says, like, you're stupid. Like, you can't go back in time and right. change time. Like, this isn't like the movies. Right. And they even say, like, every movie I've seen, like, they got they, it wrong. They've list. I think. Do they even go in and list movies? I, I think, think they say Back to the Future. I think they say Back to the Future. They say, uh, "What was the other?" There's one? like, there's like five or six movies they list off. But yeah. regardless, they basically say like it's not how every other movie has done time travel today. Right. Basically, you can go back in time, uh -huh. do something, but it's not going to change your present. Sure. So you can go back in time and change what happens then. But it's not going to change what your future exactly. is. Exactly. So, so basically, there's there's the no snap. there's no kill baby Hitler that can happen. Exactly. Like, you can't go back and there's no destroy the almanac. Yeah, you can't go back and kill Thanos before he ever has a chance to right. do the snap. Right. You are tied. You are tied to your main timeline, regardless. All, all that doing that would do would create a new timeline Precisely. that you're not a part of. Precisely. That a different version of you, a different timeline of you mm -hmm. participates in, but you're still whoever you are sure. in this if current you're alive. present. If you're alive. Yeah. So I get that. I track with that all perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. 
And so instead then, of, in, go ahead, I'll let you finish. Then they go into the heist and the actual heist of it, because this is something that they don't factor in. Yep. When Hulk goes to take the uh, time stone from the ancient one. Yep. Because during, they're doing that during the Avengers. The Battle so this of New is York. pretty strange. So they're not taking it from strange. They're actually taking it from the ancient one. Uh-huh. Who we didn't see fighting in Avengers, obviously, but right. it would make sense that they would be but fighting. But it was nice seeing her taking pot shots from the roof of the Sanctum yep. Santorum. That yep. was cool. So she explains to Hulk, basically, I can't give this to you because we would be left unable to defend ourselves if I give this to you. Right. And they basically go through it, talk through it. Obviously, he mentions Strange, which then convinces her to go over the top. But basically, she explains that if you take this stone, uh-huh. we'll be left without it. And now there'll be a new timeline that splits off. Alternate from, reality. From the timeline that you lived out. Correct. And so they basically say, like, you have to come back and return this mm-hmm. right to this moment where I'm giving it to you mm-hmm. and you're leaving. Mm-hmm. And that will close off said timeline. I don't know that we can really get into this too far into the weeds because I think, one, it'll confuse people. Two, I don't think you and I, I think we understand what they're asking us to accept, which right. is basically what I just explained. That right. Then later in the film, after everything's been fixed, they reverse the snap with their own snaps Yep. Um, and they- brought people back. They then need to go back to those spots where they took the stones and return them so those timelines get shut off. Essentially. That's basically what we're led to or believe. corrected. Yeah. Brought back, folded back in. To the actual timeline. Correct. That they they already lived out. That's already gone okay. past. So we're all, on, we're all on the same level there where we are in agreement for all of that. Correct. That is what the film is asking us to buy. Yeah. The next issue that has come up on the internet and people have talked about, and, mm-hmm. and maybe you can explain this aspect so I'm not the only one talking here okay. on, on explaining the timeline. Lord knows I do my own fair share of talking on this. But... Thing. You have then the aspect that Cap decides to stay behind. Yes. After he's, or at least we're led to believe, after he's dropped off all the time stones, he stays. So the the idea is that they create four separate timelines. They create one in 2014. They create one in 2013 in Thor 2. Technically five. Five. Well, technically five, but we're getting to the fifth one. Yeah. But then they go back to the 70s. And so the 70s are affected, the Battle of New York is affected, mm-hmm. the Thor 2 is affected, and Guardians of the Galaxy is affected, if we want to stick with the movies themselves, sure. right? And then as you were saying, at the very end of the film, Captain America is tasked with jumping back in time and essentially showing up at the exact moment the stones were removed to just put them back. Yep. Right? Yep. Thus... Folding the timeline back into the major timeline, but as you were saying... He decides to stay. He decides to jump to what we assume is a time, not one of those four times. Actually goes further further back than the 70s to the 1950s and basically reconnects with Peggy. Lives his life. Lives his life. Puts his shield Um, down. There's the theory that when we met Peggy back in Captain America... I think it was Captain America. The first one? The first one. Yeah. 
she had married someone, but we're not told who she married. Second one. Second one. Yeah. Sorry. She was single in the first one, and they yeah. got their kiss in the car, and they were yep. going to have their dance, and then he went into the ice. Yeah. And then second one, we find out that she lived out her life, right? married someone. We're uh-huh. not told who she married. Uh-huh. So one fan theory, not confirmed by Russo's or anybody like that, one fan theory is that he was that unnamed husband, that he went back to the 50s, laid low, because technically there's another cap out there. Right, frozen in frozen the ice. Frozen in the ice, and he lived out. That period until basically Peggy died mm-hmm. and then hop back to mm-hmm. where we see him as old cap at the ending. That's that's a theory. None of that's confirmed. You're meant to create that acceptance on your own. The only thing right. that we see for sure is one that he's old at the film when he comes back and reconnects with Bucky and, and Falcon. Uh-huh. And two, you see him dancing with Peggy. Wherever he decided to go back, which and we know is old, because there. there's old cars for and sure, old music. So there's that. That's basically what we know, right? So my issues is not with the concept that they've created and sure. their alternate take on what we've always done with time travel. I think that for the most part tracks. Yes, yeah. I think Cap makes it difficult. Cap makes it difficult because it's hard to accept that. Him being there, even if he is living on the radar, doesn't change anything at all. Right. Doesn't see like a bully. Doesn't see a bully. Doesn't have a kid with Peggy. Right. Like none of this, none of this happens. We're we're led to believe somehow he completely stays in his own bubble, despite the fact that she works for the military and is very active. Like somehow Boy Scout stays behind in the home and is mm-hmm. a stay-at-home dad mm-hmm. um, or stay-at-home housekeeper. <laughs> um, so that's that's one part that I, I struggle with. Okay. The second part is we're told that if you just go and return the, the stone, that that shuts off that timeline because now they have the stone. It was like it was never gone. Right. And the that time just basically disappears and it doesn't exist because now it's back to the timeline that we've already witnessed sure. over the course of this franchise. Sure. My issue with that is that there's interactions that they have that affected those timelines leading up to when they took it. Because what we were told is they need to return back to the point that they took it mm-hmm. and basically give it back. So mm-hmm. if we take the ancient one, Cap would have needed to go back to right after Hulk left with that stone and basically hand it back to her. So she only doesn't have it for a second or something like that. Sure. The problem is, is there's all the time that they took to get to that point where they took it. That potentially could have affected or led to different results than what happened in our source home. And maybe they weren't big, but maybe they were. Right. Maybe like, somebody got knocked out. Yeah, absolutely. How does that affect anything? Yeah. So that's my problem is if we're sticking to the whole, like, you know, you can't change the past. You can't change your present by going to the past and changing the past right. is what we're told. Right. But if you go and change the past... That creates a new timeline. Right. 
And so even though they were small things, some of them were bigger than others, uh-huh. but even though they were small things, like they did change the past, which to me would mean you'd have a different future. Again, I'm not so hung up on this that it affected my enjoyment of the sure. movie. Just if I'm going analytical and thinking through the film, uh, yeah. like some of this doesn't <laughs> quite track with me. Like not that I need it to be back to the future esque where like everything has a consequence. Right. But to me, if you mess with time, like it's not like just returning to that point, like just poof, it never happened. Like that's where I have a hard time tracking. Sure. With it. There, and there are a number of interesting factors there. Like number one, maybe the only real factor is the presence of an infinity stone. You know, maybe it's the removal of that stone that splinters off the timeline. I don't remember if they established that or not, but that's I've scoured Reddit and that's a theory there. That's something that somebody said, essentially, that by removing that stone, they fracture the timeline. And so, yeah, you're right. Weird shit might happen, but it isn't such a large impact on the timeline as the removal of one of the most powerful stones ever created. Sure. Right. Sure. So that's one thing. Um, the other question that I have, and again, this is getting like we could get too far into the weeds here, but with the way that time travel works here, if uh, there, there are not like, for example, there are not multiple copies of like Hulk running around. Hulk only exists in our present timeline and that's it. If he jumps to Battle of New York, right, and then jumps back. There are no more two Hulks there. There's still only original Hulk. So what I'm suggesting is that when Steve jumps back to those points, the Infinity Stones are just gone. The original Avengers that traveled back are not there. You know, so like even like if he shows up right at the moment where Tilda Swinton doesn't necessarily hand the stone over, but it ceases to exist maybe and then gives it back to her. And doesn't it doesn't like tap Hulk on the shoulder and be like, "Don't worry about it." No, does that make sense? Time travel is fucking weird. No, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I, I I get what you're getting at, but to me, it doesn't track with everything that we're led to believe, which is fine. Again, I'm not so hung up on with it. You know, I'm fine with the fan. You know, the diagrams that we have There's and all several. those types of things. Like, I'm fine with it. Again, I'm not one of those people that this is going to affect my enjoyment of it unless you try to use it to explain off things in the future. Like if you, if this becomes a very big part of like future Marvel things of like timelines and time travel, like then, then I might start having issues with it. If, if they start using time travel and and this whole theory and to explain things and, and that if this becomes time (laughs) travel becomes more prevalent in, Marvel moving forward, I might have more issues with the way they explain, sure. you know, correcting the past sure. and all that kind of stuff. Well, but you, for the this movie itself, I'm fine. I'm 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 okay with it. I liked that time heist. I enjoyed me too. what it brought to the film and being able to, like I said, almost look back and and kind of, you know, take take note of how things have progressed and how characters have changed. Like it was a fun thing that we, we haven't done before with Marvel. Before we talk anymore though, I'm going to interrupt you for a second because we got to, we got to try and pay, try and pay bills. So we're going to take a quick little ad break. 
Hey, good movie buddies. Before we continue, I want to remind everybody that you can get regular episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you for free by subscribing or following wherever you're listening from. Just We really appreciate you taking the time to hit that, hit that subscribe button. Give us a rating. Give us a review. We really appreciate it. We also want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash The Popcorn Diet. Consider becoming a patron and, uh, and helping pay to improve the podcast. Get access to some pretty cool patron-exclusive stuff like our Franchise Refills episodes. Of course, we don't want you to forget about uh, our social media, so you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest reviews, episodes, articles, and more at our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But I do have another question, and we talked about this briefly here. I want to figure this out once and for all, and I want to figure out the actual age of Steve Rogers at the end of this film. Because the film, Steve goes back, I'm going to put the stones back, he decides to stay back in time, live a full life with Peggy Carter, shows up back in the present, and he's old man Steve. He's looks like an old man. Um but we need to do some math here. So according to, if you just look up Steve Rogers and the Avengers, mm-hmm. his birth date, surprise, surprise, is Thursday, July 4th, 1918. So Damn he's born right. on the 4th of July. Damn right. So 1918. 1918. Which puts him roughly in his 20s, early to mid-20s when World War II starts. And, you know, probably late 20s early 30s sure obviously when it ends so um, and he gets frozen because he gets frozen in what year 1950 19 gets frozen in hold on nope i mean this is all tracked so we're gonna go through some we're gonna do some wikipedia shit right um but it's near the end of the war so it's gotta be mid 40s mid it's gotta be mid mid to mid to late 40s i would think um, let's just say 45. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's 45. So 1945, he's frozen. Okay. Okay. That makes him 27. Is that right? Yeah. 27, 37, 27. So he's 27, 27, 27 years old when he's frozen. And then he's woken up in 2011. Yep. Right. Woken up. Which that then makes him nearly that makes him ninety three, so yep. he's ninety three, right? Yep. So then he spends the next ten years fighting crime, right? Plus, let's add an additional five for the five years later, in that we get an Endgame. Well, we know that in the end it's twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. So if we even want to just fast forward to when we see old Steve Rogers, that that's, would be twenty twenty three. That's twenty twenty three. And so before he goes through time, before he decides to spend his life back with Peggy, he is 105 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he travels back to the 50s. Yeah. So let's say, I don't know, 1955? Keep it in the middle? Sure. 1955. Right? And then we go, what's 1955 all the way to 2023? It's another... 70 something years so let's tack on 70 more so conservatively 68 68 yeah oh you're good at math 
So conservatively, he is 173 years old. Yeah. As he's sitting there as an sure. old man. He has spent 173 Earth years alive, although he's been frozen for some of that. Yeah. He's well, he was frozen for basically 70 years. Practically. Well, we said we, we, went, we went with 45 to 2011, which we said was um, roughly what he was. So which was 66 years. Yeah. 45 to 2011. Yep. 66. So if you even if you minus six years off of that, he's still a hundred and seven. Is that right? Yeah. So he's a hundred and seven when we see him in still fairly good shape right. for a hundred. And so then we tack on an additional 60 some odd years. So we're I'm putting him at I'm putting him at an even 170, give or take a decade. With all of the numbers that we may have. Yeah. Uh, so an even Which, 170. Yeah. Which leads me to, I understand he had super serum. It just, you know, obviously it's one of those things where if you want to look so closely, like you might have things that like you struggle to comprehend. But that's anytime you're in something that's a fictional movie that's, sure you know, it's time, about it's superhero. Travel. It's got time travel. It's got space gods. It's got super serum. Like you have to be okay with like little leaps here and there of like just accepting that like okay i'm sure there's an explanation for this like sure. if you want to get caught up in the weeds then yeah you might i mean i don't understand going like oh it's completely unrealistic that captain america could be looking this way like after this time like it's completely unrealistic that there's captain marvel in general like I buy it. if you you know from that standpoint so um yeah the other thing that I wanted to know as we get into time travel, because I think you and I differ on this. Okay. Is Gamora alive? Okay. In the in the present, present day time, the main timeline. Has she been in restored? the main timeline? Is Gamora alive or not? There are several factors to this. Number one, we have to look at the Soul Stone itself. The Soul Stone is gotten, <laughs> taken. Um, acquired two times. Both of those times required the sacrifice of a soul, a soul for a soul, right? David, would you agree with me that it makes sense that in order to return the stone, you may get a soul back? Do you think that that's, does that hold any water for you? For mm -hmm. example, when Cap goes and drops off the soul stone, does that not return somebody from the present timeline, either Gamora or Black Widow, who sacrifices herself to get it the second time? For me, no, because it's not like it's not like you hand them off to a slave owner and they become like a slave of someone. Like we see, <laughs> it's an interesting analogy. We see. Like, it's not like you, like, give someone right, and you get something in back and you see them go walk off with them into abyss. Like, you see them legit die. Yeah, like, they die. Bleeding I, they, on the pavement. That is how your soul is taken. Like, they are dead. Right. It's not like they disappeared in some cosmic exchange sure. to get a stone for a person. Sure. They had to like, die. Like, they literally die. Right. And so, for me... Getting this soul stone back 
doesn't resurrect them. Like interesting. And the one of the one of the biggest unanswered questions for me in this movie was the the baby Gamora, the young Gamora mm-hmm. scene that we had in Infinity War, in where it felt stone. like you were inside of the Soul Stone yeah. with Thanos and Gamora. Mm-hmm. Like even after the snap, you had that little exchange between what did it cost everything? Yeah, you had that exchange, which led everybody to believe Gamora is alive inside the Soul Stone. I believe that's the. I believe that's official. If if it's not official, then it's at least commonly agreed upon. But the the thing that's not explained is what does that mean? Like, right. yes, that soul stone was created from Gamora sure. dying. Sure. But that doesn't mean that Gamora is alive inside the soul stone. It just means this soul was created from Gamora's soul, sure. basically. Well, and then we get into the question of like, I mean, to me, it's as simple as a soul for a soul. Like that's what he's. That's what fucking Ghost Red Skull says. But I don't. There. I don't think there's exchange policies for a Soul Stone. Like, Maybe <laughs> I don't think you can come and return it and be like, okay, you know, you know what? I found someone else that I'd like dead, and can you give me back the one I had before? Interesting. Like, that's an interesting. I concept. think once you're dead, once the body's dead, I don't think you can reinvigorate the body with the soul. Like, well, I think. Given what we have seen in this film, I think number one, anything is possible. But also, I do want to look at the other. I do want to look at a couple of other facts that the film presented us. Right, number one, um, when we talked about that big battle, Doctor Strange is opening the portals for everybody to join. Right, so he's opening portals in New York, or at least Wong is. He's opening portals in Wakanda, and he's opening portals on Titan for. Um, the uh, Guardians to come back and Spider-Man to come back, right? And he's on Titan as well. But Gamora didn't die in any of those places. Gamora died on uh, Vormir, I think is the name of the planet. It's some planet, right? It's some desolate planet that the Guardians wouldn't know about. So she wouldn't necessarily have been brought in for that final battle, even if she were alive. And then at the very end... They have the Guardians on the ship with Gamora's picture, and it's searching, 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 right? I don't think they put that up there without paying, ultimately paying it off somehow, you know? I don't think that they put that particular last image without paying it out somehow. So I think Gamora's alive, but I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, one of the theories out there is that potentially Gamora from the main timeline soul could go into Gamora from the 2014 timeline that interesting is technically we don't know this for sure because we don't see her. Right. But she's technically on the main timeline because she traveled with Thanos and the others. Right. To the main timeline. Right. And so there is a Gamora that was on the main timeline past Gamora going into the Soul Stone. Sure. So there was a Gamora that existed, but it was a Gamora from a different timeline. Which we don't see at Tony's funeral. We don't see at Tony's funeral. And we We have when there's a scene of uh, Star Lord doing (laughs) a search for. Uh huh. Gamora and uh-huh. and not and it's saying not found or cannot find Searching. like that kind of thing. Yep. So 
you know, the door is left open. Obviously, we know there's another Guardians movie coming out. We don't know where it would fall into. I mean, I would assume... I would assume Thor is going to be in it, which makes me extremely excited. Well, I would assume it's post all of this. I mean, it's yeah, pretty much has to be post this because yeah. pre this, they didn't exist together. Right. So... Adam Warlock, remember Adam was cooking in that. Adam Warlock's out there, yeah. So there's, there's a number of potential things in there. I don't know, and I'm going to do a quick search, but I don't know whether Gamora um, is technically slated to be in Guardians Three. Ooh, I, she's got to be. I don't. Well, they're not even. He's making Suicide Squad two before they get even sure. to Guardians Galaxy Three, so we don't know. But it's supposed to come out in 2022, um, so it'll be interesting to, to see. That's true. It will be interesting to see. The only people that, according, and again, it's IMDb. It's not necessarily you know, written in stone. Whatever's on IMDb mm-hmm. is, is fact. But technically, the only people officially associated with it are James Gunn directing, and you've got Mantis and Aisha that are back. So... I guess we're going to have to wait to find out, ultimately. Um, let me ask you a quick question. Did you cry? Did you tear up at all? Or are you a, a monster? Did you get a little verklempt? I think the... A little dusty? The, the, closest I got, the closest I got to crying, and I, I can't remember the last movie I actually cried in, but the closest I got, you know, when I felt like I, you know, those heartstrings getting tugged, would be like all the things around, like, after Tony died and mm-hmm. the interaction with his daughter and happy and and just those moments. And I think I'm I'm crediting it to being an actual parent at this point. And so like, you know, you your mind goes to that <laughs> point. I think um that was to me the most emotional parts was obviously anything to do with basically Iron Man dying. Um, sure. You know, whether it be Peter Parker's interaction with him, whether it be um the funeral or post-funeral, all of that kind of stuff. Oh, when they hug? Yeah. I mean, those... I forgot to put that on the list. Those were definitely um, the most emotional aspects for me. Honestly, the... You know, and not just because I'm Team Iron Man, but mm-hmm. the the old Cap stuff really didn't do anything for me from an emotional standpoint. Seeing him be bastard. Seeing him be there. Handing um, the shield off to Sam... Yeah, it just getting his. Maybe I'm just a hopeless romantic. I guess, but I cried. I cried like last thirty, like from when Tony was dying, which was for a giant Marvel movie. Like his death was harsh. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's his arm is cooked, his face is cooked. He really doesn't say anything. He's on his deathbed. He's holding on as long as he can. And then when Rhodey comes in and Spider-Man, fucking Tom Holland coming in and making people cry again when he's like, Mr. Stark, it's okay, Mr. Stark, we won, we won. I'm like, you son of a bitch, get me again. And then when Pepper gives him permission, like, we're going to be okay, you can go, you can rest. And he dies. From that point on, fucking Niagara Falls. And I'm not ashamed of it either. Just to to end the, uh, sorry to go back to this, but. Just to end the whole Gamora conversation, okay. there was an interview with Zoe Zeldana 
who plays Gamora, and she says, I don't know yet if Gamora is involved in Guardians 3. If I'm not back, then I'm so thankful. I've had an amazing time, and if I'm asked back, I'm ready to roll up my sleeves and dive in. So, Ready to go. We'll see. We'll see. We'll have to see as the script gets written and, and things like that. We'll find out. Now, the last thing I want to do for this episode, um, I mean, we've already discussed about how this is the end, but it's also not truly the end. This is the end for a lot of things. It's the end of the Infinity Saga, but is it the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I severely doubt it. I would go so far as to say hell no, because I know that they have multiple projects in the works right now. Um, But what it looks like is a completely unknown. Well, there's a couple things. We have this phase, which is phase three, that is ending with Spider-Man. Far from home. Far from home. Correct. They've confirmed that that's not... The start of phase four, it's the right. end of phase three, which isn't unprecedented. We had, Ant-Man. what was it, phase two, two Ant-Man. where we had Avengers and then we had a movie that came after it that technically ended that phase. Yeah. So it's not unprecedented for us not to end a phase with an Avengers. While it may make more sense to do that, it's not unprecedented. We've done that before. Um, but I think... My opinion, and we alluded to this, I can't remember if it was early on this one or on the non-spoiler one, but for me, this style of of operating this franchise is, yeah. is done forever from the standpoint of you and I have debated whether there's going to be a Black Widow. It seems, from every report, it seems pretty locked in that there is going to be one. Mm-hmm. Because you've had actors sign on. Yep. You've had Scarlett Johansson talking about it. You have a director, all that kind of stuff. It seems pretty locked in. But that's obviously a prequel, which means you're going ahead of this giant timeline that you just had. Right. And going there, you have... We both agree that Spider-Man's going to get at least a third film. At least. And so you're going to jump all the way back to the other side of the timeline. And then... We all we both agree there's going to be at least one more Black Panther, mm-hmm. which means you're over on this side of the timeline again. Mm-hmm. We're getting another Guardians. I assume we're going to see more of Captain Marvel. We're not just going to get one and done from her. Sure. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is supposed to have a second film. There's talk of another Ant-Man and Wasp film. The, the, and then there's the unknown stuff, the stuff like the Eternals, which they're working on. Well, there's also Shang-Chi. the fact that we just handed off the shield to Sam. To Sam. And they're getting Netflix shows. Or God damn it. They're getting Disney Plus shows. Yeah. So I just don't think you'll ever see again where it's like here's this storyline that's building, 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 right. team up for an Avengers movie. Then we build, 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 team up for an Avengers movie. Like, could there be another Avengers film where we have a team up of these characters? Absolutely. Like, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But I think knowing the little that I know about the comics and reading about this, I don't think there's a bigger storyline than Thanos. Like, Thanos is pretty much your biggest storyline that you have from the comics. Not that there's other, not other big villains that are Mm -hmm. out there and that kind of thing. But this was the easiest storyline out there to do something like this. Right. And so I think what you're going to see is between Disney Plus and things that they're doing there, it's not going to feel like this ever again. 
because you're going to have so many conflicting things that go like we had shield and we had our Netflix Marvel shows like Deadpool and that kind of stuff that technically operated in the same world or um, Daredevil or Daredevil. Yeah. yeah, Sorry. Um, Which technically operated in the same world. They referenced the New York event, stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but they were loosely in this world. Maybe they're in a multi, maybe they're in a different timeline, but we also have, there's this whole other aspect of the fact that there's X-Men crossovers that there's precedent for. Yeah. And now Marvel has, or X-Men. now Disney has X-Men. So Fantastic like, Four. I think the reason you don't have a phase four announced is I'm not so convinced that they even know what phase four is because I think whatever planning they were doing was probably thrown a wrench in when they learned that they were going to acquire Right. Basically, X-Men is yeah. what they're acquiring and Deadpool and that. I mean, the- and so needing to go back to the drawing board and think this through and be like, OK. Like, what's the best plan of attack for this? Like, we have so many characters out there. Sure. That are developed, that people are attached to. Like, it would be a waste to pour all of our bad eggs into continuing down just this timeline. But how do we not alienate? Our fans by having too many different timelines, for lack of a better term. I don't think the fans there. are going to care. I mean, they jumped Captain Marvel back to the nineties, but and again, that it's not fine. it's not going to be the same experience. No, it's from the standpoint of like, there's going to be like spoiler to everybody. Like, there's going to be a point where where we see Captain America again, and maybe and it's Steve not, Rogers. I think there will be at some point. Maybe. I don't think Marvel's going to say we're never touching Steve Rogers again. I don't think it has to happen anytime soon. No. But again, I think at some point you're going to want to tell a story from the comics that involves Steve Rogers. And it's going to be far enough away that you're going to be like, it's okay to bring back Steve Rogers and have a Steve Rogers. With a new With a new person. Oh, that'll be interesting. Like at some point it's going to happen. Like. Yeah, but but same thing with Iron Man. Like, you can go a different route. You could do Iron Woman, or you know, some of the other people that we've had. Exactly. But like, Tony Stark is too big of the Marvel universe and of the comics. Like, the comics bring them back regularly. Sure. After but the storyline has ended. But there's also like they don't have to. No, they don't have to, but when there's lots of money out there, they're going to. We've already established that nothing is sacred to be remade or rebooted. Of course not, but you got to give Feige a little credit in that he has a he has a, a roster of literally hundreds of characters. Like do you think that Feige would make an Eternal like he's they're making an Eternals movie with a character named Cersei and some and fucking Hercules. Like that's and they they did Guardians. I get it. You know? Like they don't. They you're right in that. Eventually, twenty years from now, we'll get a new cat. We'll get a new Steve Rogers. Probably. Yeah. There's the inevitable march of time. Yeah. Right. That's, that's that's what I'm getting. I'm not saying like five years from now we're gonna see another Steve Rogers. But we I'm also not saying don't that. have to. Like we also don't have to because they're like Spider Man. There are so many different Spider Men. There are multiple Captain Americas. There but are Spider Man. You're you're reinforcing my point. Like. We could have done different Spider-Mans, but we've gotten three different Peter Parkers in the last 15 years. And I understand yeah, it was under Sony's control. Marvel. 
I agreed. But we've had multiple Hulks in the time that we've had. Sure. And again, one of those was Universal. I sure. get it. But things happen. Like actors decide they no longer want to be a character anymore. Yeah. And a studio has to decide, do we end this storyline or do we bring in a new actor and continue the stories that we want to tell that sure. involve Steve Rogers? Sure. Like, I guarantee you if Chris Evans said... I'm game to be Captain America for another 15 years. This movie would not have ended with an old Captain America. Or they'll just show him doing Captain America shit in like the 60s, which would be interesting. Captain America deals with Vietnam. Sure. The Bay of Pigs invasion. Absolutely. There's always more stories to be told. But that's what I'm getting at is I guarantee you, had all these actors wanted to continue playing these characters for another 15 years, they would have continued having them go for another 15 years. I mean, Hemsworth this isn't this is this isn't Game of Thrones where they just want to kill off people <laughs> randomly. Like they would milk some of these actors and their characters for another 10 movies. We're keep it if, open. if they wanted to stay around. Well, I mean, like you said, for for 10 years we've been with these characters, right? And as these have become more and more global events, when you go see them in the opening weekend or the opening night or whatever, it's a, almost a community event. You know, like I've gone and saw I saw the room um, down at Film Bar down in Phoenix. Shout out to Film Bar. And it was a blast. It was there wasn't many people there. It was about 40, 50 people there, uh, maybe more. Um, but it was a community event. Everybody hollering at the screen, throwing shit at the screen, making jokes and stuff like that. And that's what these have turned into. You know, uh, Infinity War. We talked about it already. The moment Thor, and you can find it on YouTube. The moment Thor lands in Wakanda, had theaters erupting in cheers. And you said something to me when we were walking out of this was you said I don't remember exactly, but you said something to the effect of you think this is has the most like cheer out loud moments. Is that right? Is that what you said? Yeah, I think this this is. Right up. The only thing I can think of that would even be in its ballpark that I remember of recent memory would be when Star Wars came back and you had Force Awakens. A lot of yeah, a lot of that. Like there was a lot of that because, but that I felt like was a product of we never thought we were going to get this right again, and now it's here and now it's back. Like you got cheers for like the Lucasfilm logo, like <laughs> stuff like that. But this like actual content inside of an action inside of the movie, like this is by far like Lord of the Rings, Return of the King had a number of these, but like, I think this one definitely had the most moments where our theater at 11, <laughs> 11 PM. Late. And after the previews were done, 1130 Late. to 2:30, like had quite a few moments where they cheered out loud just cheered out loud absolutely um i uh, man i mean i have like i have like a dozen written down just to go i just wanted to go over them and this might just be us saying like oh remember when this thing happened it was so amazing sure. and you know what i don't care um but it's like the it, just going through the, the the things that set the crowd off like thanos getting decapitated with almost no fanfare at all He's in the middle of a sentence and Thor cuts his head off. Everybody lost their fucking minds. It's amazing because yep. you didn't think that they're going to gank Thanos in the first, you know, 15 minutes. 
And they do, and it's so satisfying. But then sure. they jump five years later, you find out it's not. Everybody lost their fucking minds. Um, seeing Lebowski Thor, like the first time they show him with his open shirt and his gut hanging out, people were losing their minds. And again, just committing to that bit throughout the whole film is a ball. Mm-hmm. That's a ballsy move. Sure. Um, the Hail Hydra, we already talked about when he leaned in and did Hail Hydra. People lost their minds. Uh, the Stan Lee cameo, his last, I believe his last cameo mm-hmm. on the military set or on the military base as a 70s guy driving the car. That, mm-hmm. you know, was obviously um, something really nice. When he gets Mjolnir back, when he's in uh, the dark world and he holds his hand out. Yeah. And then she says, takes a second and he gets... Oh, I'm still worthy. Like, that's so cool. And then pretty much everything from the last 45 minutes, starting from the main three Avengers squaring up with Thanos, Thor almost dying. When you when Cap pulls Mjolnir, I don't know about you, that's like religious. That's like... Uh, it's amazing. It's it pays off again. Pays off everything sure. that you were hoping that you got going back to uh, 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 Age of Ultron. You know, sure. and then you get into the question of like, what makes him worthy now? I had an interesting theory. It's because back in Age of Ultron, he knew Bucky killed his parents. But now Are it's you telling me he wasn't perfect. Now it's clear of his conscience. I never said Captain America was perfect. We're not doing this right now. <laughs> Um, I want to, this is one of the other reasons I can't wait to watch this film on like Blu-ray, but also just again in general is there's that, there are shots in this film that are straight out of the comic books, like stuff that you thought you'd never see on the big screen, like literally Cap standing there with his shield and with Mjolnir while the Thanos is an entire army. Is, is on the horizon mm-hmm. and him just staring them all down. Mm-hmm. Literally everything in the end, everybody was cheering. Um, the whole on your left when the army starts showing back and that's just moment after moment of people. Black Panther's back. Everybody loses their mind. Spider-Man swings in. Everybody loses their mind. The Guardians run in. Everybody loses their minds. It was so good. It was so good that they were screaming so loud that we didn't actually get to hear Cap say assemble. I know he said it. Well, I think even in the I remember it and I think it gets muffled a little bit like it's not a big loud Avengers. No, they're like Avengers, assemble. he's like assemble. Yeah. It's down. It, it goes down a little bit of a notch and it's followed by a lot of noise too and there's right. a lot of noise in the background too. It's not like this like Braveheart moment on the hill where they do it and then they go running off. Like, right, right. It's kind right, of in the right. midst of a lot of stuff already going on too. Exactly. Um, so, Ugh. but finally he said it. He said yep. he would. Um, I don't even. I mean, you get the guns pointing up and Captain Marvel. Oh, that was so in. cool. And I also thought they did a good job of writing her out of most of the stuff. The idea that the Avengers are trying to fix shit on Earth, Marvel is literally dealing with the rest of the universe. Yep. Although she shows up and is overpowered as hell, I do think that that's a decent like story based sure. excuse to keep her out of the proceedings for most of the movie. I agree. Um, and when every when they stop shooting and they all turn up. To shoot into the sky and she just wrecks hell on that ship. Sure. Badass. 
Iron Iron I am Iron Man was was an awesome moment as well. The final started and ended. Yep. Right? The women lining up, the MCU, yep. when they're like, we got to take the gauntlet and get it to the time machine. And it's literally all of the women. Yeah. Which I laughed a little bit about it because like you line them all up. But let's be honest. Really, all you needed to do is give it to like, Captain Marvel. Give it to Captain Marvel or shit, even Scarlet Witch. Yeah. When you got like Okoye and Shuri sitting there and it's like, they're awesome. Don't get me wrong. They yeah. are rad as hell but you have scarlet witch you're bringing a knife to, you're bringing a knife to a gunfight and in, in <laughs> essence with that knife to a bazooka yes, fight yes <laughs> like, it's like i i appreciated the moment and i was perfectly fine even though it was a little cheesy it was obviously heavy-handed like showing off the women right. of the MCU which i'm all for yeah, i've no. got no problem we've got some amazing women heroes um but obviously, it was calculated from, from that a, standpoint. But from a story perspective, it's like just give it to Captain. Just Marvel. give it to Captain Marvel. Like it's fine. we just literally watched her blow through an entire ship. Yeah, and we Ugh. need people to make a hole for her through the putties. There's so many good things about this movie, man. The way that Thanos gets snapped and he's just quiet. He's just like I've been. I got beat you again. Know? Like I come back and I talked mostly about this on the non-spoiler. Like. What they did with Thanos in this was so much fun for me. Like it built off of, you know, what we saw of this mad Titan and, you know, wanting to take away half the world. Right. But like the speech you had before he got his head chopped off, like seeing him there, seeing him talk to them, like they just built and built on his evilness in this film to me versus the last one you had like. An okay cause, but an awful person, obviously, that kind of thing. But, right. like, the point when he goes, like, I usually say, like, like I don't usually get emotionally involved right. or whatever he says but I'm gonna enjoy, and I'm gonna do enjoy, this. I'm like, gonna... I don't usually enjoy, like, basically annihilating half a planet or mm-hmm. a planet. But in this case, like, I'm going to take pleasure in basically killing you. I'm going to turn this annoying planet to cinder. Yeah. Like, like when you see him go into, like, vengeance... Thanos. Yeah. And like the intensity of that fight, like with the three of them. "Ah!" Yeah. yeah, When those three go at it, like, and that was the other thing is like, I feel like in Infinity War, he gets overpowered multiple times fairly easily. Like, not that he gets like defeated. Right. But like, even just Thor coming in and basically almost killing him. Sure. When the guy's got all except one stone in his gauntlet at yeah. that point, like, no, he's got or no, all. he's got them all. Yeah. He's got them all at that point, and somehow Thor comes in and and gets him. Like to me, that was kind of like, like how did he get to him? Especially then when you take it in perspective of this one, right? When you've got Thor again there, and he's hard, he's having a hard time just hitting him, mm-hmm. like. From that standpoint. Sure. So, like, he seemed like a worthy opponent in this one. I know he snaps half the world goodbye, but, like, uh, Hulk gets one up on him at one point on the ship. Like, he kind of gets beat up a little bit in Infinity War. This one, he looks like he could take on six Avengers by himself. I mean, he takes on Three. Captain Marvel yeah, head-to-head and holds his own, mm-hmm. which I liked that they... Because, you know, one of the storylines from the comic books is... She just basically, like the way that the whole Infinity timeline goes is she just takes it from him. Like basically comes and pulls the gauntlet off of him and it's over. 
Um, which she did have that moment there where she yanks it off. Right. But, but then he drops the power stone. Yeah. And cold cocks her. Exactly. Which is like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. there's some strategy involved. There was, there was some, like, he finally felt like, this huge end boss mm -hmm. from that standpoint. And in the last one, he didn't necessarily feel like that completely. Like interesting. It was a combination of all his minions and all that kind of stuff sure. too that led to that. But like all you all you saw from him in the first one was the fight on the planet with and even then, like a had Titan. had Quill not Screwed lost it, it, right. They would have beat him, like in that one. This and is so the like one way. He seemed super beatable. In Infinity War, in this one, it seemed like you needed every single Avenger to be this able to beat him. This is the one way. This is the one. This was the one timeline. Yeah. Well, man, I'll tell you what. This has been a really fun journey. Uh, it's not over, but it it's over, but it is over. So I just, uh, I mean, what else can you say other than it's been a hell of a ten years? You know that Kevin Feige's done something that's never been done before. This is something that's never been done before. From beginning to end, top to bottom, it's been one of the most fun things to be a part of as a movie fan to see this come forward. And as you said, the future is uncertain. Who knows what's going to happen? And that's super exciting. But that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, as always, I want to remind you, don't forget to uh, subscribe wherever you're listening to us. You can get free episodes of this podcast for free. Just by hitting that subscribe button, give us a rating, give us a review. Don't forget to hit up patreon.com slash diet. Consider becoming a patron of the podcast. Check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at the Popcorn Diet. And last, but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, reviews, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. And we'll see you next time with another good movie on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.